Blog Talk Radio. <laughs> Witches. My name is Raina Starr. I am so happy it's Friday, y'all. I just could not handle this fucking convention. Oh, I, I didn't disclaim first. Let me get to that. Anyway, if you're new to the show, hi! <laughs> Desperate House Witches is not a GPG or even an R-rated show, so if bad language, dirty talk, bodily functions, or anything else I might say might offend you, this may not be the show for you. But if that doesn't bother you, you are in the right place. Desperate House Witches is brought to you by the one, the only, the incredible one herself, the amazing Dorothy Morrison. Check out www.wickedwitchstudios. That's www.wickedwitchstudios.com. And if you need her products shipped overseas, check out TheAngryCauldron.com. They also have a line of their own goods. So I've got a bang-up weekend for y'all. I'm telling you, tomorrow at noon, I've got Naja Lightfoot, very excited, uh, award-winning author. We've got on Sunday the lovely, amazing Danielle Dion, and we're going to talk about magical mediumship with her. But tonight... This man needs no introduction. I am a huge fan. I'm fangirling again. I can't help myself. I love him so much. Storm Fairy Wolf is with me for the hour. Hey, darling. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, what's up? Oh, my gosh. Has this been like one of the weirdest weeks or what? So last week we this had been the Democratic the National week Convention. Ever. 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 Just ever. I mean, <laughs> painful. Painful. I don't know what to do with all of this. I mean, I work with people who are Trump supporters, and I must say, oh. it's frightening yeah. on a daily basis. It yeah. is It is not a cool situation. So um, did you watch any of the convention, or were you able to ignore it? <laughs> I I watched part of the Democratic convention. Um, mm-hmm. I have absolutely no desire to watch anything to do with the Republicans. So I agree. I mean, I already know what they're about. They they've been very right. transparent, really, about who they're about for the past forty plus years. So I think I got it. They're about racism mm-hmm. and rich white people. So there you go. So I, I I got it. I got their message. So I, I I didn't need to give them my ratings too. I agree. I refuse actually <laughs> to watch any of it. But part of me feels really badly about it because I love politics and I'm such a politics wonk. But I couldn't. You know, I see that orange Julius face and I just go crazy in <laughs> anger. You know, here's the thing. They have been promising for weeks we're going to have a very positive convention. We're going to say positive things. The Democrats were so negative. And I I don't know how a human being could compare the two and think that 
the Republicans were being positive at all. I mean, it was horrible. It was really horrible. But I think I think when they said that they were going to be positive, they were simply talking about the results of the COVID tests that were happening two weeks later. Because, I mean, my God, like all of those, Baby. like even like what is it, the, the mm-hmm. Trump rally that was at the warehouse, whatever, there's no social distancing. You know, there's no mask. No. You know, you see the whole thing of like the, the chairs being set up. They're all like right next to each other. Yeah. They just blissfully don't care. Blissfully don't care that they're putting people's lives at risk. And if people can't see that, well, that's on them. That I agree. Them. I agree. I'm so surprised that more of them have not become ill. I mean, I wouldn't wish this on anybody because, I mean, I have friends who have gotten it and acquaintances on Facebook who have come down with it. And mm-hmm. it's this is no laughing matter. This is no simple flu. I mean, people die from this. Right. You know, I know folks who have lost relatives to it. This is very frightening, yeah. you know. I mean, people seem to be in some kind of weird-ass bubble about it where they think they're impervious to it. I, I don't know why people are under this impression. It doesn't make a lot of sense to me. What do, you, what do you think they're thinking when they go out without a mask? Well, I mean, I I think this is a cult, you know, first of all. Mm. You know, I think the, the whole mm-hmm. Trump supporter phenomenon, it is a cult. And, you know, wow. the cult leader can do no wrong. You know, he's just like a shipment of Kool-Aid away from being Jim Jones. I mean, this is like, this is terrible people, you know, you know, I, 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 I can't really say anything. I can't be more clear than that. I mean, he, he is absolutely terrible. And when people have compared him to Hitler, and I know this is like one of those things that happens, you know, like I, I, I'm, I'm a bleeding heart liberal on on my side of the Uh aisle there's been a lot of like comparing to Hitler and that's happened for years. And I think that that yeah. does a disservice, you know, um, however, <laughs> in this instance, <laughs> it's like those analogies are really sound and no, he's not at the level that Hitler was at, but Hitler didn't start with the camps. And by exactly. the way, we have camps. we've got kids in camp still right now in case anyone forgot, yes, we do. there are still kids in camp. Yeah. So yep. what? There, yeah, it's so true. There are people but who it reminds are separated me a little from bit, their children. Yeah, it reminds me a little bit of what I would hear about Scientology, and um, and if anybody has not <laughs> followed anything with Scientology, I really recommend checking out Leah Remini. You know, um, yeah. she has done some shows about exposing Scientology. Of course, she was totally in Scientology for many years. Um, and she has been working to expose it, but she really, really shines a light on that cult mentality and how people mm-hmm. will, they believe it. And so they invest all their time and they invest all their money, you know, in it. So mm-hmm. then it becomes even more difficult for them to admit that they were wrong because after you've spent $30,000, you know, it's kind of hard to admit to yourself that maybe this was all just a lie and I'm an idiot. You know, you know, mm-hmm. it's easier to mm-hmm. double down. And, and sadly, that's, that's a common human trait. You know, we, we just, we get into our little bubbles and, you know, we're, and, and we're all guilty of it to some degree, you know, uh, of being in a yeah. bubble. But, you yeah. know, we ha- once you recognize you're in a bubble, then that's kind of a tool. I like my bubble. I live in the San Francisco Bay Area. It's a good liberal bubble. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but mm-hmm. I still see you know, what's going on in the world. I listen to people that have different opinions than I do. And it's one thing to have different political opinions, but when you actually are start, when you start demonizing people, this is really yeah. where we have to draw the line. And, and there's this false equivalency that's happening. Oh, well, the Democrats are just as bad as Republicans. Absolutely yeah. not. That is absolutely not true. I'm not here to say so the true. Democrats are great. I am a registered Democrat because that's As kind of the I. game we have mm-hmm. going on right now. Um, you know, yes, we do. and I'm not 100% happy with them, of course. Um, Obama, no, of course not. I liked him, but he was not like this huge liberal that everybody said, you know, that he was going to be he was and, not. and all this stuff. He did things no. that chilled me. Drone attacks. Sure. You know, come on. But, um, but sure. oh my God, to compare. The Democrats to the Republicans, it's like comparing apples and Volkswagens. They're just completely of different universes. The Republicans are so beyond corrupt that it's, it's, it's yeah. evil, and I'm using that word deliberately. Absolutely. I agree with you 100% on that. And, yes, I, you know what? I'm guilty. I am, uh, I am 100% in the Democratic bubble right now because – even though I, I believe in liberalism, I am a former Bernie supporter um, mm-hmm. that didn't get what I wanted. And, you know, and yeah, then that was, that was the last election. I didn't get what I wanted. Okay. So, you know, I, I, there's a great analogy of you have to go somewhere, but the bus doesn't go exactly to your stop. Do you not go because the bus doesn't go exactly to your stop? Or do you get on the bus and start walking closer to your destination? And that's kind right. of how I look at the Democrats right now. So I, they're not – no, the Democrats are, like, very conservative to what my beliefs are, um, but Same. by the same token, in the two-party system, which is really what we have. I wish we had a parliamentary, but we don't. So I'm working so in the framework. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you have to work in the framework of what you have. So this is what yeah. we have. Or, or I'm sorry, there is – yes. Or I was going to say, or at least work toward providing some sort of alternative that's viable. You know, and that's one of the things right. that really kind of gets me is I hear people just complaining. And I get it. It's, it's – it's very frustrating, and so it's very easy to sure. lose hope, to lose vision. Sure. Um, you know, that's yeah. why we need each other, you know, to, to support each right. other, and we need to, you know, do self-care and not burn out. You know, but, but mm-hmm. really, we have to be strategic. You know, this, this politics is about compromise, and it doesn't mean that you're giving up your principles or your values, you know, if mm-hmm. – you are compromising somebody. Sure, you compromise, get what you can get in this round, and then once that happens, mm-hmm. then you keep working. You know, it's an uphill right. battle. Politics is an uphill battle. But I feel like a lot of people, maybe because they've, they've felt that government has not been working for them, you know, for so long, mm-hmm. it breeds despair, it breeds despondency. Sure. And um, people become displaced. They no longer want to engage in the voting process. And this is really where we find a lot of problems. Most people just don't vote. You know, if everybody yeah. actually voted, or at least a high percentage actually voted, we could make some real change, you know, happen. But the Republicans specifically are so excellent at weaponizing despair mm-hmm. and weaponizing yeah. fear. 
you know, and so they yeah. really, and you know, it's, it's yeah. cultish propaganda. Yeah, I mean, it really is. And, you know, once they co-opted Jesus, yeah, you had to know <laughs> that people who, listen, and, and I know many, many very well-read Republicans. I mean, I know scholars. I know, you know, intelligent mm-hmm. people. I just happen to disagree with them. The problem is, is that when you weaponize faith for a lot of people and people who may not be as um, able to read, you know, more intently because they're just trying to put food on the table and they're damn exhausted. Right. um, It's easy to sway folks that maybe don't have the time or the luxury of, you know, even sitting down and watching the news. I mean, a lot of folks are just, they're so burnt at the end of the day, especially now you're talking about people struggling just to pay the rent. I mean, a rather large percentage of folks did not pay their rent in June or July of this year. I'm not even sure about August, but the struggle is intense. You know, but it, yeah. it, but I just want to say it makes what's happening right now even more important. The vote is so important. What do you think about making voting a holiday or a requirement? Like a requirement in the regard of you can't renew your driver's license unless you've you can prove you voted. What do you think about that? Oh, that's interesting. I hadn't. You know, I've never. That's never been proposed to me before. So I've, n- I've never even mm-hmm. thought of like making it a requirement. Um, I'm I'm a little iffy on like making things requirements, <laughs> um, mm-hmm. just because yeah. I don't know. It just it feels a little squicky to me. You know, I don't really trust the government as it is. You know, and not that I need. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I I just think that like making it a requirement sounds a little sketchy to me. But I do think that. Um, mm-hmm making it a national holiday or changing how we vote, you know, maybe it shouldn't just be one day, you know, it should Mm -hmm. be like a long weekend, you know, or something, because we have people who we have single moms, you know, who are working maybe two jobs. And, you know, this is not an easy thing. You know, this is sometimes it's impossible, you know? So I think everybody, first of all, should be able to mail in their ballots you know, I, I'm fortunate mm-hmm. living in California. I'm a per, I'm a permanent absentee ballot voter, so just every election I just get it sent to me, and that's how it's been for years. You know, um, wow. so when all this nonsense started been talking about, I'm like, you're kidding me, right? This is this is a thing, and for God's sake, yeah. the man who's calling himself president voted that way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. What the heck? And will be voting that way again? Yeah, I mean, he and his wife already have their ballots, which I just, I'm so astounded that the hypocrisy is is not, no one talks about it. I don't understand when, you know, the person who's trying to wipe out the post office is the one who's using it himself. It's just, you know, I don't think they think about the ramifications. (laughs) I don't think when he put in the Muslim ban, when he tried that little trick, um, I don't think they realized what was going to happen. You know, when you try to eliminate a service like the post office, you know, a lot of people get their medication that way. A lot of people get their their, um, bills that way. Some people get paid that way, and you're slowing it down. Listen, not everybody has a bank account. 
you know. And if you work remotely for a company, they're mailing your check. So what right. is, what are these people supposed to do without the post office? I don't think they realize all the businesses that they are potentially crashing. I'm talking about small businesses like, you know, folks who sell their stuff on Etsy and eBay. You know, Amazon yeah. isn't everything, y'all. You know? Right. Well, and that's us. So, you know, I mean, we, you know, we closed yeah. our, um, because of COVID, we closed our physical shop um, that had been there for 30 wow. years. We'd owned it for like 12, 13 years. And, um, and we just made the decision when the lockdowns happened and it was apparent that it was not going to be opening up anytime soon. Um, we made the decision to go ahead and just go ahead and close it um, and then just move online. <clears throat> you know, so we use the post office to send all of our stuff. And we have for years. We started an online business back in 2004. So we've really, you know, have a good relationship with the post office. I, they do a fabulous job. You know, every once in a while there's a little hiccup. But that happens with everybody. But, you know, for the most part, they do a really amazing job. And it's one of the backbones of a functional democracy, you know, being able to um, have this service. And now I'm hearing people talk about, oh, it lost all this money. No, it didn't lose money because it's not a business. (laughs) It is a service. (laughs) We're not sitting around talking about, oh, the U.S. military just lost all this money. Maybe we should have the generals do a bake sale then. I don't know. But this is like, again, <laughs> apples and Volkswagens. I don't know why we're comparing exactly. the post office, you know, to like a business model. It is not a business. But as a branch of the government, it actually does generate revenue, unlike mm-hmm. the defense department, you know. And I'm not saying we don't <laughs> need the defense department, but I'm saying we right. probably don't need like 90% of it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of up there exactly. in my mind is like def- defund the police. I'm, I'm, I'm a big fan of defunding the police. That does not mean get rid of the police. I'm sure to some people Correct. they would like to get rid of the yes. police. But defunding really means sure. reallocating, rethinking this. The police should not have yep. to deal with all the stuff that they deal with. First of all, they're just not trained. They're not qualified. Right. You know, we need they're social not. workers. Yeah, they're not, you know. Police don't really yeah. prevent crime. They show up after it's done, and right. I'm not going to get down on all cops, but maybe most of no, them. No, of course not. You know, I, I will say that just in my – I know it's my own personal anecdotal evidence, but in my life, I have had a, yeah. uh, a few run-ins with police officers. Um, the sure. only time I was doing anything wrong was I was speeding once. That was it. Yep. The rest of the time, it was pretty mm-hmm. much just pure straight-up harassment. Um, I've mm-hmm. had probably two good interactions with police out of maybe 15 or 16. And I've, you know, totally yeah. been harassed. It just seems to be that's part of the culture. So when people start talking about, oh, it's just one bad apple, I'm like, oh, my God, do you remember no. the rest of that saying? One bad apple spoils the bunch. Well, this bunch, bunch got spoiled yeah. a long time ago. And we need to make some yeah. big systematic changes. And I'm not saying get rid of all How? the police, oh. but no, a lot not, of them do like, need to go. It happened, uh, seriously, it happened here where a police tape, this is just in the last 48 hours, um, <clears throat> there was a tape in, in Charlotte, in my town where I live, um, that they were going to, um, I don't remember the exact words, but in essence what the goal was, 
was to fuck up some protesters and corral them yeah, and tear gas them. Okay, so, um, you know, and I was really upset about it and disappointed because I thought my local cops were cool. My local cops are not fucking cool. So I'm pissed. Yeah. <clears throat> you oh, know? my goodness. And, so and I, I had, a similar, I had yeah. a similar thing when all the things were first happening, when all the, you know, people were threatening to do looting and all that stuff. And so our shop mm-hmm. um, was located in Walnut Creek, California which is kind of an affluent wow. suburb of San Francisco. Yes, it and, is. Um, yep. Yeah, if you've ever been there, it's pretty – it's also, I will say, another reason we closed during COVID is I kind of feel like that um, Walnut Creek is also Karen Central, but that's a whole other conversation. Okay. Um, but during gotcha. the whole protests, um, the Walnut Creek Police Department used tear gas on, and, and rubber bullets on peaceful protesters. And um, yeah. so that was another thing. We were just like, we are done. We are absolutely mm-hmm. done. You know, there's just the inherent racism, you know, that is that is going on. You know, now Black Lives Matter is, is Black Lives Matter is being portrayed as a terrorist organization, and this is just, right. It, it, I'm flabbergasted. I'm flabbergasted. Mm-hmm. This is amazing to me yeah. that the phrase Black Lives Matter causes so much hatred. You know, mm-hmm. um, so what was it? Just I mean, this is petty, but. What was it just, I don't know, a week or two ago, there was that news story about um, that guy. I don't remember his real name, but he went by the name Unknown. I think it was like Unknown Hilson or Henson or something like that. And he, Unknown um, Henson, I think. After, I think. Yeah, after Dolly Parton had come out and said, you know, hey, she supports Black Lives Matter. He just came out and said all yeah. these horrible things, you know, called her a slut. I mean, it was terrible. Yeah. And, of course, yeah. everyone did the right thing, and he lost his job. And um, right. and I will say that it was it was hilarious to me afterwards because I watched his progression of at first he said all the horrible things and then right. he like kind of backtracked a little and said oh I'm sorry you know I didn't you know I didn't mean it I was angry and everything but then he lost his job and then he posted again and it was just like horrible right. I'm like okay well you you let us know how how much your apologies are worth. So you actually weren't right. sorry at all. You were just trying exactly. to keep your job. Exactly. And I, I get really pissed off when I see people basically, and it, it's across the board, you know, people flip back and forth. You know, first they're like, they're a certain, and it's very Trumpian in my opinion, because he was like a Democrat for years and 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 years. And, years, and, years. and then he wanted to run and all of a sudden, he's a Republican, and the worst Republican in the world, in my opinion. <laughs> I mean, I have and that's hard no to do. love. I know. I mean, hello, Bush was like his you have competition. You really work at being that shitty. Yeah, I mean, it's like he wakes up in the morning and thinks, who can I fuck now? Oh, you're really. giving him too much credit. Well, you can't. <laughs> I when don't think he wakes up in the morning anymore. and thinks anything personally, but um, I, all he is is just reaction. <laughs> he's just he's just old de- dementia racist grandpa, and he wakes up in the morning, yeah. has his Coke and his Big Mac or whatever, and he's just he's like racist grandpa at Thanksgiving dinner, like twenty four seven. But the thing is, like in yeah, my just, life, you know, when I grew up as a kid, yeah, we made the decision yeah. we weren't going to hang out with that side of the family. 
They weren't invited to right. Thanksgiving dinner. And that's what we need right. to do collectively as a country on November 3rd. We need to say, Grandpa, you're no longer invited. <laughs> we want Mom's side of the family. Give us that, Grandpa. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, technically, <laughs> you know, I mean, we're trading grandpas, but, and listen, Biden wasn't my first, second, third, or even fourth choice, but he's what we've got. And you kind of have to go well, sometimes yeah. with what you got, you know? Exactly. Well, very, very true. And he actually is running on a very progressive platform, you know? And so th- this is what we have. Again, he was not my first choice. He was not my second right. or third choice. But I don't want to exactly. say that and give the impression that I don't support him, give the impression that I'm not excited about voting for him. I am excited about voting for Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. Mm-hmm. That excites me. Yes. I think that this is exactly okay. what we need right now. Now, does that mm-hmm. mean that I wouldn't have chosen Bernie or Warren? Absolutely not. They were, the, mm-hmm. they were my first choice, you know, but mm-hmm. in this – political machine that we have that's not who we get but the thing is it's not all about the president you know it's about the cabinet that they put together and let's just look at trump's cabinet or you know the parts that are actually filled here is three and a half years later and and all the positions are still not filled no because he wants to be no wonder we can't get anything done no, and he wants to change policy like the wind. See, here's the problem. If you put somebody in a job and you make them responsible for that job, that means you have, in, you have in given them the ability to make decisions on your behalf. He is such a right. control freak that he doesn't want anyone being able to do that, so he doesn't fill positions because he wants it all to be, he wants to be a dictator. He's actually gotten a lot further with it than people realize. Because in yeah. a strong, normal working government, these positions are, as you were saying, Storm, these positions are filled. But when you have a dictator, they want control of the whole show. So basically, that's why he doesn't fill these positions, and it's very dangerous. Because you only yep. have one person's idea. See, you're, you, in government, we have three branches, okay? And when you have two of those branches being run by sycophants um, yeah. <laughs> and people that hate people, Absolutely. Um, you run into problems. And this is part of what we're dealing with right now. That's why the whole... Um, you know, children being in cages thing even went down because there were there were no reasonable voices to stop it. There were there, right. there was no and committee to discuss it. We've definitely moved into that whole Orwellian phenomenon where we're watching reality take place, and then our government spokespeople are saying that didn't happen. You know, it's just we're just expected to just just to believe them. I feel that for me personally, it was very stressful, mm-hmm. but it was a gift. I happened to be watching live television one morning, <laughs> and I was watching the news. And um, this mm-hmm. was the day that um, um, the man who's faking being president um, did his photo op with when he held right. stood in front of the church and held the upside down Bible. With the Bible. 
Um, <laughs> yeah, holding it upside down, by the way. And I loved how one of the reporters asked him, oh, is that your Bible? And he responded, it's a Bible. <laughs> oh, my God. Because, right. you know, you don't own a Bible. Come on. First of all, he can't read. Come on. We know that. But anyway, so – but I was watching, and it was like 15 minutes before the curfew was to be enacted. Mm-hmm. So they had announced there's going to be a curfew, and all the protesters right. in the streets, they are being peaceful. And I'm watching mm-hmm. an aerial view of, like, the front line of protesters and then, like, the riot police, like, right in front of them. And this is, like, 15, mm-hmm. maybe 10 minutes before the curfew is supposed to go into place, and suddenly I see the police – just push forward with their shields, start knocking people down. Tear gas is being yeah. thrown. This That's was right. horrible. They, peaceful protesters mm-hmm. were attacked on live television. Mm-hmm. And yet, yes, they were. you know, us on the left are saying, oh, my God, this is horrible. And people on the right are mm-hmm. just like, oh, well, they were all looters. Like, what? First of yeah. all, they weren't. And second of all, right. so the F what is, um, I think that people being murdered by police, that is way more important yeah. than people looting businesses. You know, I mean, yep. again, in Walnut Creek, when all that was happening, um, the police came in because there were um, reports that there was going to be looting in Walnut Creek. And I thought, mm-hmm. well, my business could get hit. But you know what? Mm-hmm. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's been hundreds of years yeah. Of to say racial inequality doesn't sum it up. You know, this has been oh, I agree. murder, murder yeah. and violence and a, a new face of racism. And but now, if we talk about that, if we talk about the racism that's as plain as the nose on our faces, For people real. on the right say, oh, well, you just say everything's racist. Well, guess what? Almost everything is. You know, <laughs> wake yeah. up. America is. is a deeply racist nation, is. and that doesn't mean that we can't yep. recover. That, that means that it's our right. job, especially as white people. It is our job yep. to try to be as educated as possible, to listen to our friends who are people of color. Yep. If you don't have friends yep. who are people of color, that is a problem. <laughs> you need to yes. make some new friends. Yes. You need to get diverse. Yes. You know? um, but racism is real. Yeah. White privilege is real. That doesn't mean that just Absolutely. because I'm a white person, I've had everything handed to me, but I have had some things handed to me. Like I can drive yep. in my car and not worry mm-hmm. that I'm going to get pulled over and shot just because right. I'm a person driving a car. You know, no That's one's going right. to pull me over because I'm That's white. Right. But nope. I, I have black so friends true. who have told me that every time they get in the car, they wonder if it's going to be yes. their last day on earth. Oh, and this absolutely. isn't hyperbole. Have, this is absolute no, real fear that is generated by real life sure events. Is. And the thing that really but I feel like me we up could, about I feel like it. if we, I feel like we could just talk about politics like all night. <laughs> we could, if you want to. I mean, we'll talk about whatever you want. I, uh, I, it's it's I my thought, thing. Whenever I'm hanging out with people, I always have to warn them. I'm like, yeah. if you start talking about politics, we might never stop. And I have That's so fine. many other things it's we important. can talk about. But um, but it's up to you. But it's, but I but I'm know, happy to do it, it if you want to. Me too. You know. But here's the thing. You know, like I have a lot of older friends. You know, of varying hues, and you know, when I when Trump got elected, I kind of freaked out because I saw the writing on the wall, and the thing that yeah. I think really hit me in the head was my guys were like, babe. 
this ain't new. It's just out front now. Now you can just see it. Right. And I was like, holy shit. Because, listen, my little white ass is privileged, too, because, A, I'm fucking female. Believe it or not, in some regards, that is privilege. But I'm white, which is the ultimate privilege. But you know what? I've lived to an age now where people are, like, willing to just let me get by on who the fuck I am because I've lived a long time and I'm old now. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I just, you know, I've, I've tried tried elevating folks, and, you know, I, I'm very lucky because I'm surrounded by really cool people who, you know, tell me the truth about shit, you know, because I ask, because, listen, I'm an older person, and I don't know a lot of things, you know what I mean? So I ask sometimes what other people might consider a stupid question. But, you know, I have really great friends who are super patient with me because they know my heart's in the right place. If you come to people with an open heart and you ask questions in earnest about how to be an ally or, you know, why is it, why is this word ever okay? Or what does this mean? Or what does that mean? And they're like, well, sit down, Mama. I'm going to tell you about it. And I'm like, okay, because I need my ass needs to learn because it doesn't matter how old I am. I live here. We're all together, and we need to make it out of this shit alive is my opinion. But, yeah, I mean, it just freaks me out when, when I have friends tell me, my life has always been like this. I just, you know, we just, it's just understood. It's just not discussed because it's understood. Right. And I'm like, well, that's the most fucked up reality in the world. Can we try right. to change any of it? So, you know, if folks just try to, you know, stand up when you see some bullshit happen because, listen, I'm around a lot of white people who say a lot of fucked up shit, but I don't <laughs> condone that shit. And, well, I mean, I'm in the South, you know, it, it happens. So, you know, speak up, speak up. I Listen, I, I'm more than happy to put my ass on the line because I'm fucking good at what I do. And uh, right because I make myself good at what I do. So, therefore, getting rid of me may not be your best option, even though I got a big goddamn mouth. So, I'm just saying, <laughs> you know, use your platform as white folks. Talk to other yeah, talk to absolutely. Your white people. Please talk to your white people and tell them to call racist <laughs> shit out. Because it's bullshit. It's a bad Absolutely. look. It's been a bad look for hundreds of fucking years. Can we stop doing this shit now, please? Right, and that's I mean, the thing. This breaks. isn't something new. This isn't new. This no. isn't a fad. No. You know, and and, yeah. and that these are the kind of things that I'm hearing it trying to be spun as. You know, like oh, this is just it's the new leftist fad to call everything racist. No. You know, like well, we're not calling everything racist. We're not calling everything no. racist. We're just calling. Those things that are racist, racist, <laughs> you know, and there's a lot of them. Listen, and it's relatively easy Breonna to educate Taylor's yourself on killer. it. Nobody talks Wait, about Breonna Taylor anymore. Breonna uh, Taylor? Yeah, yeah, nobody, yeah. Nobody talks about her anymore. Why? A shit degree has been missing, missing for years. A little girl is gone, and they didn't, they didn't keep looking for her. What if that was my daughter? I'm sorry. This just, right. you know. Absolutely. I'm sorry. But seriously, no, I, I no, have no. two I mean, sons. I what think if that, that it's was important. my son? You have to relate. I think it's you really to important yourself... to to have yeah. that passion. I, I, I hear that passion, you know, coming from you. That's, that's the passion that we need, the passion for equality, the passion for change. Um, 
You know, some people on the right would call it weakness because, yeah, it brings me to tears too, you know. But I, I like I to mean, think that, well, this is actually a strength because I can feel, you know. I know that I'm a human being because I yeah. have empathy. And this is something that I see yep. sorely lacking on the other side of the aisle. They're, they currently sure. are applauding the lack of empathy. And, and they're wearing <sighs> it like a badge of pride. And, you know, like the 17-year-old white kid that just killed people, oh. and now he's being held up as, like, some sort of him. hero. Oh, my yeah. God. Yeah, and his mom drove him. Wow. Yeah, this is, him. but they're holding him up. I was expecting that they were going to have him speak at the RNC. You know, I mean, this is just terrible, you know, but it, it really is a lack of empathy. And um, and I you think know, that real, when we are confronted with that lack of empathy, we need to make sure that we cult- yeah. we work harder to cultivate that empathy within ourselves. I just I think they're all suffering. I think you're right. I think it's a cult. I think they're all suffering from inhumanity. I think that mm-hmm. they think that Trump would piss on them if they were on fire. He wouldn't. You don't have enough money. I promise you. As Although soon he as might he is, pay a prostitute to do it for him. Well, it depends on if Obama slept in the yeah. bed first. No, it's true. Right. <laughs> I mean, seriously, that's the story. I don't not know a, if it's true. I so not a slight against sex workers. I totally support sex workers. Sex no, work is sex work. Um, but absolutely, yeah, but he but wouldn't do it, it himself. You know? <laughs> well, you know what I mean. I mean, but seriously, yeah. you know, the fact of the matter is he's an animal when it comes to human emotion. You know, it's like, remember Tiffany? That's one of his kids. <laughs> A lot of people don't even remember yeah. Tiffany. You know, Baron, his son, his youngest son, but that kid, why does that kid always look miserable? Does he know that his father is an asshole? I'm just wondering. I don't know. He was trending just recently, but also I know that people, of course, do remember Tiffany because apparently she just spoke at the RNC. You know, so, wow, she, yeah, she's been kind of, you know, not quite missing, you know, this whole time. But, you know, no one ever would talk about her. She was never there on the scene. Yeah. But she spoke, apparently, at the RNC. Like, wow, where they dig her up from? Um no doubt. Whatever. The whole thing, though, is all of his family. That's the thing. All the speakers are just, like, members of his family. You know, for the most part, I'm like, oh, that's not nepotism at all, is it? I would really like folks to consider what they see in North Korea and understand that when you have dictatorship, these are are some of the hallmarks of dictatorship. You know, your leader is never wrong. Your leader is never wrong. Um, he populates the government with his family as much as humanly possible. He mm-hmm. doesn't trust dissenting decisions. I mean, these are all the hallmarks of dictatorship. But you know what? I don't want to talk about this anymore because I want to talk about you. I want to talk about what Ooh. you're doing, what you're writing. <laughs> I want to talk about the shop. I want to talk about your online presence. I want to know, I want to know more pleasant shit for the rest of this hour because <laughs> I love you. <laughs> right on. Ah, you're very kind. Thank you so much. It's very sweet. Um, So what am I working on now? Well, I I mentioned we closed the physical shop, but we are still online. So you could still um, see our wares at themysticdream.com. 
Um, and most of mm-hmm. it is stuff that we're making ourselves. So my husband, Chaz Bogan, um, he's the author of The mm-hmm. Secret Keys of Conjure, and he has mm-hmm. a whole line of um, Conjure products that he has made over the years, so like oils and dressed candles and herb blends and mists and bath salts, the whole, the whole thing. And so that, that's stuff that we're selling online. Um, Devin has been doing a line of um, hand-poured candles. We're about to kind of expand that even more soon. Um, Devin Great. is also doing um, a subscription box. We're all kind of helping him with the subscription box service through Modern Witch. So if people want to go to modernwitch.com um, and check it out, mm-hmm. um, yeah, we're doing some monthly subscription boxes that are a lot of fun. Um, yeah, and I've been working on my next book. I keep pushing the deadline mm-hmm. back because um, the whole COVID thing oh. is just more stuff is going on. But I'm I'm in the home stretch. Um, I should be able to turn it in the end of September. And its working title is The uh-huh. Witch's Name. And so it's all about crafting Ooh. the magical identity because I, I wanted there to be something that wasn't just, oh, here's how to choose a magical name, which everybody kind of already knows how to do that. Although it has some of that in there, but uh-huh. it's mostly about – you know, actually creating the magical persona, you know, really treating the magical name as a well-thought-out spell, you know, that is all about mm. creating part of it that is affirming our own um, inner power, but also giving us something that is at least in part aspirational, you know, that we can move toward. Yeah. And I use my own journey yeah. of self-naming as an example. So oh, it's a little that. bit autobiographical, um, but then it really gets into right. a lot of different um, journaling exercises, rituals, and things to help um, get you in the space of cultivating what actually inspires you and being able to put that together in terms of creating a magical persona. So I'm pretty excited about it, especially because yeah. one of the complaints I'll often get from people like on the interwebs everywhere is sometimes <laughs> people will say things like, oh, well, you know, I can't actually take him seriously with a name like that. And which I find it hilarious because I'm like, well, first of all, I never asked you to take me seriously. <laughs> you know, I don't take myself <laughs> seriously half the time. That's okay. Um, but, you know, I, um, the reason I chose the, the name or the, the name chose me, you know, the way that it did is because in part yeah. it, it is a reminder. It's an everyday reminder that I do not embody the values of the overculture. You know, that my job as a warlock, as a public warlock, is to kind of stand outside the mainstream to some degree, kind of straddling that mm-hmm. liminal edge, right? You know, walking between the worlds. Right. And so sure. a name like Storm Fairy Wolf, um, you know, it, it demands attention on some level, right? In terms of like myself, when I introduce myself, because that's how I sure. use, that's the name I use in everyday life. You know, I use it at the grocery store. You know, that's who I am. Um, yeah. You know, it makes people think, stop, people will ask me about it. It, it, it um, sparks conversation um, in a way sure. that, like, Bob Smith wouldn't do, you know, because we just have, yeah. you know, all the, the normal names. And there's nothing wrong with having a normal name, you know, but, but my particular journey was more about being visible and, and representing sure. the craft, you know, as I see it. And so having a name... Um, that is really focused on the magical experience was something that I found to be a tremendous help. It's definitely one of our magical tools, um, just as important as our blade or our wand or our cup or our altar. You know, the name that we right. use while in magical space 
really allows us to identify with that magical part of ourselves in a much deeper way. So that's kind of what my book is about. So hopefully I'll be able to convey all of that in writing and, and hopefully people will receive it well. Um, but that sh- I should be turning that in the end of September. Have when will that release, do you think? Horizon. Oh, nope. God, I don't know. Probably, <laughs> I wouldn't know. You know, it just depends on how long it takes for them to do the editing process because that's actually a long period of time. But it probably wouldn't be till like, yeah. the end of 2021, I would assume. Wow. Maybe early 2022. It just depends on how they do it. You know, if they could do the layout fairly quickly and you know, whatnot, but I'm just focused on just getting it actually written. You know, <laughs> that's all I'm going to focus right. on right now. And then we'll, we'll see what happens after that. But you'll, you better be damn sure that as soon as I have any information, I will be tweeting that. Um, yes. so, so stay tuned. Follow me on booking, Twitter. Storm Fairy Wolf. I'm, bu- I'm booking you in advance for that book or, and for <laughs> other things. I'm not waiting. Listen, sweetheart, I love you. You're not you're not off the hook with me until the end of 2021. You have to be back before that. It's a rule. Just saying. <laughs> right on. I'm, I'm it's always happy to come back. It's awesome. I always have a great time. Thank you. And I appreciate that because I love talking to you. And you know, it, it you put me in 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 mind of thinking about your name. And you know, because. When you've been around a long time, which I have been, it's like storm is storm. Yeah, okay. So, And it doesn't occur to me that non-magical people are like, oh, okay, well, that's an interesting name. But it already, like, sets you up magically. It's like it's a, I, you can't say the name without it sounding magical. So I think that's really brilliant. So I'm looking forward to that book. <laughs> Thank I'm you. also looking yeah, it, forward um, to getting a copy of Betwixt and Between when it's back in stock. <laughs> oh, is it out of stock? Oh, wow. That's, I, I could I, not I, get I'm my copy. I'm not co- even aware. <laughs> I could not get my copy. I was not happy. But it's okay. I don't know. <laughs> it's coming. I'm sure we yeah, can get you coming. one. We'll, we'll, you know, just send me a message. Uh, we'll, we'll get you one. It's fine. No, no, no. I, that, those are the people I went to. And they were like, yeah, as soon as we have more. I'm like, okay, thank you. So, yeah, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm, I'm hoping popular. that it's doing well. I'm hoping, I'm hoping yeah. it's doing well then. I don't really, I don't really, you know, I, I, don't, I don't really know how that goes. I'm not the, I, I'm, I'm a, a Pisces sun with a Gemini moon. And I wow. really couldn't tell you when it comes to like, you know, sales <laughs> and, and whatnot. Like, is this good? Is it bad? I have no context. Um, but I was just happy to be able to do it. It was definitely a labor of love. Sure. Um, yeah. Both, both of them, Betwixt and Between and Forbidden Mysteries of Fairy Witchcraft. Um, they both are yeah. uh, represent a, a different aspect of the fairy tradition for me. Um, but those mm-hmm. are definitely like the labor of love. I had to get those out of my head and, and get that out into the world so that I could move on with my life <laughs> and do something you know, else. But I'm very proud really- of them. And, you should be. I mean, seriously, you. I, you know, I, I've always envied writers because there's something inside you that just, you need to put it to paper. You need to share it with the world. And I think that's brilliant. And I've always wanted to be able to write a book. I am not a writer. I'm a talker, um, which isn't quite as elegant as writing a book. But I'm I'm very lucky to do what I do. So I'm I, I consider myself um, 
very blessed in that regard. But, oh, sometimes I just want to, like, write a book so I can say, oh, I wrote a book. How cool. But, (laughs) yeah, it's not for everybody. No, no, no. I mean, seriously, it's not for everybody, you know. And and I, I hope other folks who may be feeling the same way will not pressure themselves to be writers if that's not really well, yeah i you think know, it's, i think especially in the witchy in the, in the especially in the witchy pagan community i do think that there is some mm-hmm. um kind of imbalanced ideas about who authors are and what they represent mm-hmm. you know to the witchy community you know because i know for a long time it really does seem like people who have written books you know they're the ones that kind of get um put out there in the public light and then mm-hmm. everyone's kind of like asking them what they are and what's your opinion and, and all this kind of stuff. And, um, and I mean, obviously now I'm part of that group, right? I've, I've, I, I mean, I have a few self-published books, but it wasn't really until I had the two published through Llewellyn that then right. that's really when people wanted to like get me on their podcast, you know, <laughs> and I really appreciate it. And it's obviously a really good move. You know, if you're trying to get uh-huh. stuff out there, it's nice to have, Sure. Some product, you know, that you could be out there. But, you know, writing, you know, just being an author, I don't see that that sets us up over somebody who's like making soap, you know, or like candles or like producing anything else or being a poet or a dancer, you know, or a stay at home mom. You know, we all have our needs and our our drives and our talents. And I really feel like it takes a village. You know, we need all of us. So it's not it shouldn't just be about like authors, you know, that is one of the things that I have seen in the, the witchy community for a while is that authors do mm-hmm. tend to get elevated, but I think it's because mm-hmm. there's something tangible you can point to, you know, and it's like, Oh, and then well, you think, Oh, well, obviously they're able to teach because they can really put forward ideas and whatever. But just because you write a book doesn't necessarily mean you're a good teacher, you know, so, and plenty this, of really though. great teachers have never written books. True, but I do have to say, because I do have uh, friends in the community who make things, getting somebody who makes things on the show is really hard because they don't feel like they just, they're, they're just not as public in that regard. I mean, I have a particular yeah. friend who I just bought a box from. I just placed an order for her October box, so if she's listening, she knows who she is. Um, well, I begged more than once to come on the show, and it's like, come on the show, and it's like, yeah, I'll think about it, and then it doesn't happen. And then, yeah. you know, like shop owners that I have begged, come on the show. I've known you since I was a child. You know, like I'm gonna throw her name out there, and if she can be mad at me all she wants, Lady Mew, I'm talking to you. Um, she owned enchantments on Ninth Street in 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 New York City, and I, as a teenager, mm. would just go to her shop all the time. And I've asked her to be on the show, and she's like, "I'll think about it." And she doesn't come. I'm like, ah. <laughs> so yeah. Well, okay. Well, either just... e- either she ha- hasn't thought about it, or she has. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so okay. we don't really know. But also a lot of people are, point, you know, more on the introverted side, you know, yeah. so just because you're an artist or just because you're an author doesn't right. necessarily mean that you're comfortable out there talking. Like my husband, Chaz, he is a great That's writer. Yeah. He's a great writer. Yeah. He will never go on a podcast. He, he doesn't want to I talk bet, about it. You know, he doesn't. I yeah. want him though. 
I'm so nice. I won't hurt him. <laughs> Seriously. I yeah, no, he totally, he, he just won't. Yeah. He just won't do it. Okay. Okay. He just won't I mean, do it. I don't want he, him to be he, like, So even when we put together, even when we put together, the three of us, we put together um, the curriculum for um, Black Rose Witchcraft. And, um, yeah. and so this, and, and shameless plug for those of you who aren't aware of Black Rose Witchcraft, um, yeah. this is Please. the brainchild of um, myself, Devin Hunter, and my husband, Charles again. And um, mm-hmm. so we put together this um, year long ish um, online curriculum. Um, for mm-hmm. witchcraft, and so there, there's a lot of different lessons. Chaz has written stuff. I wrote stuff. Devin wrote stuff. Um, mm-hmm. There's MP3s. It's a whole thing. Forums. But um, mm-hmm. when we were doing like the recording for the MP3s, yeah, Chaz didn't really want anything to do with it. So I think he's like in the first couple. Like we have a couple podcast style lessons in the beginning. We're all kind of having a conversation about stuff, and Chaz will be in those in the in the very beginning. But then later when it came to yeah. like, oh, we're going to do these rituals. So we're going to – Chad's like, no, nope, peace out. That's, that's, that was not part of his thing. He's not comfortable doing it. We all have our comfort zone. Really? You know, I'm one of those yeah. weird introvert, extrovert people, you know, and so I uh-huh. can really get off on it. Like if you're asking me questions and I'm engaged about something that I'm passionate about, like we were just yeah. talking and bitching about politics, you know, I can, I can uh-huh. just go off on a roll like that. Um, but I'm also right. very introverted at the same time. And so, you know, it, actually, so this is kind of nice for me because I don't have to be in the same room with people. No one's looking at me. I don't have to worry. Right. <laughs> about like, do I look weird? Is my, is my shirt ripped? You know, whatever. I, I can be a little vain. <laughs> but um, I don't know. So I, I kind of have that, that mix. But Chaz is definitely more on the, the introverted side. He wants nothing to do with it. But it's all about knowing your boundaries. You know, and so he, he does right. excellent, excellent work, you know, and so, you know, and that's, that's what a coven is about, right? You have people with different talents and then everybody comes together yeah. and between everyone, you're able to do some really good work, you know, but it doesn't mean that every single member of the coven is going to be skilled in all the same things, you know? Um, so, so true. But, but yeah, but yeah, yeah so I, our Black Rose thing, I'm, I'm very proud about that. Yeah. It's, it's a, we, we call it a 13-month curriculum, whereas every, mm-hmm. every month has a theme, and there's a four, four weekly lessons. And how it works is you sign up for it, and then it's a, it's a, either you pay for it up front and get a little discount, and that's like $250 um, for the year, um, or you can pay $25 a month for 12 months. And then, um, then every week, a new lesson will unlock. And then once that wow. unlocks, you can go in there and – and do it and there's written material actually we do written material in two forms one is just like a regular mm-hmm. naked version just like a little pdf and then the other is like colorful and you could actually if you wanted to waste your ink you could print it out and have a really colorful book of shadows you know by the end of it but then there's also mp3s i have a lot of guided meditations that i lead because um, that's one of my talents is to to lead meditation and trance so i lead these guided meditations mm-hmm. um, we have some guided ritual um, and then there are specific forums for each of the lessons, and then students are expected to kind of check in, you know, by posting their personal experience. And then at the very end of it, if they've done all of their posts and they've done all the, the, the work, then they can petition for the Black Rose Initiation, which is actually a group oh. trance journey that happens over Zoom. And, and its oh, intention is to awaken the witch power, you know, within the individual oh. 
and it's been it's been a really good experience, you know. Um, I yeah. I'm trying to remember how many. I think we have something like 35, 36 um, people who have actually completed it and gotten the initiation. But even though it's a year long wow. course, you can actually take it at your own pace, so it can go longer. Mm-hmm. It won't be shorter than a year, but you can you can be longer with it if that's what you want to do. And um, you know we won't keep charging you; we just charge you for the year. But then you can just you can, can you tell, it can take you three five can, years can, if you want. Can you tell me the price of that again? Oh yeah, so the full course if you pay for it up front, you get a little bit of a discount. It's two hundred and fifty dollars. Um, or that's you can it. Do a monthly subscription. For the year. Oh yeah, that's it. it yeah. For the year. Cool. Are you shitting me? Yes. No, that's, we wanted it to okay. be accessible. That's the thing. It's, I saw okay. so many people who were selling things. They were like, you know, five, mm-hmm. six, eight hundred dollars, you know, whatever. And yeah. that's not how I grew up. How I grew up right. was poor. You know, twenty dollars yeah. was a big deal. You know, and so yeah. you know, we wanted Breach. to make it accessible. And so um, it's all like, it, yeah, you know, I, I, I think it's you know, it's important. There's other things that if people really want to throw their money at me. I've got other ways. You know, you could have a private <laughs> session with me. I charge 200 oh. an hour for a private session. Okay. Um, sure. You know, um, although I do give a discount if you are part of the Black Rose group, um, then I do it for uh-huh. like half off. Um, I think it's a little less than half off after, actually. But, um, <clears throat> but yeah, I wanted it to be – obviously, it has to make us money because that's literally how we're making our living now for the, between the online sure. store and the, the Mystic Dream Academy. You know, that's, that's sure. how I pay my mortgage and we buy our groceries. So there has to be some, right. you know, but we wanted it to be accessible. And also That's it's beautiful. almost a passive income stream because it's all automatic, you know. And so mm-hmm. I say almost because I'm still on the website every day trying to fix it. So <laughs> there's sure. always something going on. Sure. But that's how it works. That's, that's yeah. how it's working. But no, I wanted it to be accessible to, to people because you. I think so many things are so expensive you know, and yes, that's, I have, that's great if you've got the money. But a lot of people in the pagan I, community just don't have that mm-hmm. money. And I, I, I find it a little offensive when, when, yes. yeah. I was yeah, just when people are just charging say, a whole I bunch of seen, stuff. Yes. I mean, I've seen stuff that was so outrageous, I fell off my chair. And, yeah. I, and I have to admit, I've seen things so expensive that, I was I was actually really offended by it because it was just flagrantly ridiculous. I mean, thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars, right. literally. Right. And that's yeah. just coursework. Initiation, additional. And I, I was, I'm like, yeah, I'm not booking folks who do that. I won't talk to people who do that because I think – you are taking advantage of people, especially especially during a time like this where people need, um, you know, their spiritual practice to not be costing them the mortgage, literally. Right. Um, you know, yeah. I just, please don't spend money with people who are obviously just in it to make money. You have to have a love of the path. You have to have a concern about the people under your tutelage, and clearly you do. You guys obviously oh, thank you. care about your students. It's obvious. 
and that that's Thank wonderful. You. Yeah, but I've seen some offensive, offensive stuff. Oof. Oh yeah. Now and Sorry. and now don't get me wrong. I, I've seen some things obviously that are more expensive than what we're doing. And I'm not here to say that they're all frauds or, you know, whatever. Cause I actually know some people who I think are really fine people who are charging for mm-hmm. classes that are like way more up there than what we're doing. And, you know, it's, it, I don't know about the ins and outs of it, but maybe it's worth it. You know, I, I don't exactly mm-hmm. know what they're getting, but I know that what they're getting with black rose is quality and we're always trying right. to improve it. And, but we wanted it to just be accessible to people. Because that's yeah. what I needed, you know, when I was growing up in the sure. craft. And, and I had to, you know, I went to the local library and I would just sit in the reference section because all the witchcraft books were put in the reference section because, of course, people would steal them. Mm-hmm. And so, mm-hmm. so you couldn't check them out. But I would be there like every day after school reading my stuff. And I, that, was, that was what I had available. And I, I always kind of feel that our job as teachers of the craft is to do our job to better the craft, you know, that, that it's not just about regurgitating what we were given, you know, it's about, we want Mm -hmm. to do things better than what I was given. Right. You know, I, I want, I want to provide training that's better than what I received. And if I'm not prepared to do that, then I feel like, what's the point? All of us, I feel if we're teaching, then our job should be kind of to put ourselves out of business. You know, it's I want my, my students to be better witches and warlocks than I am because if we're sure. not bettering the craft with each generation, then what's happening here? Yeah. You know? So, I, but I, I want it to be I accessible. Mean, and, and also I think yeah. on a business level, that makes sense because if it's accessible, you know, well, then more people are going to maybe try it out. And, you know, we've had a, a fair number of people, you know, try it out for a couple months and it's not for them. You know, whatever. But then, okay, sure. you you spent twenty five, maybe fifty dollars, but you still got something for that. And if nothing else, right. if you learned that this is not the path for you, that's still a valuable lesson. You know. Um, but I'm True. happy to say that um, we do get a lot of really positive feedback. I'm always kind of amazed, I will say, because my job is to go in and like fix the things that are broken, and and try to make it better. Mm-hmm. And so that's kind of what I'm focused yeah. on is all the broken parts. And then it, it always strikes sure. me and people are like, oh, my God, I just love it. And it's so beautiful. And it's so, you know, all the things. And I'm like, oh, wow, I've been so busy focusing on what's negative, you know, that I almost forgot that this is actually doing really good for a lot of people, you know. So we're actually in the process now of yeah. pulling together some of those testimonials and going get, to get them out there because I'm also terrible at promotion. So I'm trying to learn a little something from our new roommate, our new roommate, Matt Oren, who moved in with us right uh-huh. as everything locked down, mind you. Everything locked down the day before we got here. Um, so funny. So, yeah. But, um, but he's good at promotion. And um, so I'm, I'm trying to learn a little Tell bit me. from him. I, I love Matt. I teased Matt horribly because before Psychic Witch came out, it was the first time I had ever seen a mini movie for a book. And I just was like, <laughs> this is the shit, y'all. This is how a motherfucker promotes. I love Right. Him. And it's working out. It's working out. It's, it, he's doing a really good job. His book is doing really well. Um, it's a really oh, good yeah. book. Um, I blurbed it uh, along with half of Pagandom. Yeah. yeah. What's that? What's that? Sweetest guy. 
Oh, he's totally. just adorable. Absolutely. Yeah, he's the sweetest guy. But um, you know what? <laughs> we have gone into a little bit of overtime. So oh my I goodness. am going to just tell you how much I have enjoyed this time with you, and I hope I can get you to come back Thank sooner you. than later. You're of wonderful. Course. I would love to. Thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I've had a blast. Thank you. And I will uh, get back up with you in a few minutes to rebook. And Star Fairy Wolf, you are just a treasure. Everybody follow him on Twitter. He's he's great. He's great. The school is great. The Thank online store you. is great. Just check into all of it. All right. Well, we are going to wrap up for the evening. Everybody, tune back in tomorrow at noon. Uh, Najal Lightfoot and I will be having a conversation. And until tomorrow, have a great night, everybody. Blessings. Bye.